there are massive opportunities, both for the sport of paintball and for your business. If we are successful in taking our sport to another level, unite with Paintball Access in our quest to elevate paintball and broadcast it to the world. There are advertising packages available for any size business. Join us. Advertise with PBA and help us change the sport for the better forever. Todd Martinez, a fine, upstanding citizen of the paintball community since 1995. Todd Martinez has worked diligently to create Raza Paintball, a brand that you can trust to outfit you and your team with quality paintball equipment. Know that Todd Martinez is for the people, and Raza has a jersey for every type of player. Todd understands the importance of education and paintball, which is why Raza designed the FCR jersey specifically for the National Collegiate Paintball Association. Todd believes that we can work together and lower your team's annual spending with awesome team packages. Create your own custom products. Enjoy playing paintball while looking amazing. Choose Raza Paintball in 2013 and make life better for your team. I am Todd Martinez and I approve this message. Welcome to The Breakdown, brought to you by paintballaccess.com. I am Maddie Marshall, and I'm with, as always, Todd Martinez. We are two short weeks, weeks away from the very first PSP event of the year. It's going to be held in Dallas. It's coming at you March 14th through the 17th. I can't wait. There's been a massive amount of off-season drama with pretty much every single top team, except for the top team in paintball right now, Houston Heat, who, whose roster is unchanged thus far two weeks out. And we are going to get into all that. But first, Todd, we have the, the layout, the field layout for the PSP. It was just released today. And let's jump into that. So you're looking at the overhead view of this right now. And Todd, man, this field, to me, I believe it's going to play very aggressive. You know, you never really know until you get out there. And, and we will have all the information coming at you as to how this field is playing. But Todd, I really feel as you're looking at this three-quarter view here, from the back corner bunker on the snake's side. Todd, what do you think about this field, man? I think this field is going to play super aggressive. Well, obviously what uh, jumped out at me first was no back center, yes. which we have seen once before in the PSP. So that should be exciting. 
And I know that, uh, you know, the one thing that you're very excited not to see is the uh, games where we're seeing teams triple up that back center and playing these really long points, which we saw a lot of last year. So mm -hmm. I think not having a back center is really going to help teams really have to play more aggressively because nobody will be sitting in spots trying to lock off zones immediately. It'll make players have to get out, get on their horse, start gun battling, and it's really going to have to make teams decide off the break whether they really want to, uh, which side that they really want to triple up because there's nobody that can beat in the back center and then make that decision based on whether a person lost uh, a body on the break. It's really going to have to be either you go up the center to that um, tall cake in the middle or you're going to have to commit three guys to one side right away. And both of these sides right now look pretty dangerous. Yeah, I think that both the Dorito side and the Snake side look very makeable. I think Dorito won. Obviously, on that Dorito side, the farthest Dorito on back is, is probably the safest bunker potentially to make off the break because of all those big bunkers up in the center. I'm really excited about all of these really big structures. You got those two center stand-up temples there uh, on the Dorito side of the center 50A. And to me, I just I think bloodbath. As soon as I see a field like this with the no-back center where players are going to have to commit, they're going to have to run out. But at the same time, there is no back center, but there are really good bunkers in the back in this backfield. So I think that this is going to be a field that's going to have a mixture of the, uh, the possibility of it playing very fast, very aggressive, but also if you are stuck, if you get a couple guys shot off the break and you are stuck in these back bunkers, because there's a lot of places for the opponents to go and it's going to get a little chaotic, I really think that you could also potentially pull some stuff out from down bodies, but only if you kind of play a little bit crazy. You know, you're going to have to come up with something creative in order to make that work. Now, the snake side of the field, I'm really interested to see how the snake side is going to play. I mean, obviously, you have, look at the tiered bunkers all the way into the snake. And what that tells me is there's no excuse not to ever have guys in the snake. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last year so many times, how technical each snake was for every layout and how all the smarter players, you know, would have to stop and take their time and you know, really have to work that snake very intelligently to get their kills. But, I mean, this is more of a traditional snake where it's you got to get in there. You can get your kills from the first one and the second one. But if you open up that side, you'll be able to go all the way to the other team's uh, side of the field pretty quickly. You know, with the two tall cakes there in the middle and um, the two extended uh, uh, mini race bunkers, I think it should be pretty, pretty cool to see the gun battles that go on between the mini race bunkers and the, those tall cans in the snake corner. Whenever you have a tall can in a snake corner, it always leads to players getting out there and having really long one-on-one -on -one gun battles. But be it that the mini race bunkers are in line, in the same line with those um, tall cans in the snake corner, you're going to see a lot of good, good gun battles man-to-man uh, -man straight in front of each other. And what I really like about this field layout is that because the snake side is pretty dominant, because the Dorito side is pretty dominant, because there's a lot of creative stuff you can potentially do up in the center of the field, you add this field layout in with the, the fact that all of these teams really have something to prove. I mean, this has been such a crazy offseason. There had been so many player moves back and forth between different teams, and we're going to get to that you know, as soon as we finish talking about this field layout. But I really love seeing a layout like this because I really think it's going to let, you know, obviously you have the back players that are going to have to be a little bit more mobile, a little bit more creative. But at the same time, 
you're going to have guys that are going to have to step up and really transcend their games when they get into that snake structure. I mean, look how much there is to work with there. You know, you can play down the tape. And one another thing that I really love about the snake side is that even though that back corner stand-up can on the snake side of the field, at, you know, you could potentially get shot trying to make it out there. But if you get out there, not only can you shoot your mirror, but you can also gunfight with the guys in the snake. And there's a couple other shots that you can get too. Then there's a lot that you can do from that particular bunker. Well, before we even talk about the snake or that corner, you know, you look at the three structures that lead up to the snake. By having two temples, a mini race bunker, and the back of snake one, a playable bunker, it's really going to be interesting how the teams set up and really kind of fake guys out about where they're going, you know, and really switch things up and, and really play that game. You know, it's going to be a, a, you know, a pretty intense coaching matchup, too, you know, for the coaches to decide, you know, is that snake makeable? You know, we just get the layout now, but is that snake makeable? First question you always got to ask. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the players that, that, that play in this league always seem to find a way to get in there on the break. Yeah. So, you know, how worth it is there to get in there right away? Uh, and, you know, you can really switch it up between the corner and those first couple structures. And if you mm -hmm. make that second temple, uh, it's right in line with that first mini race. You can almost crawl right in. But, I mean, I expect to see a lot of really good gun battles, a lot of really good straight-up head-to-head gun battles um, with the players in those snake structures leading up to it. You know, once we really see it, once the tournament starts, how makeable everything is and what teams are willing to risk to get to those spots. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's going to be very chaotic, gunfight-heavy field with a lot of options. And just like you said, Todd, the coaches are really going to have to do their homework on this because there are so many different possibilities. For, you know, from the look of the layout, and again, you never really know until you get out there and play it, but from the look of this particular layout, that Dorito side's pretty strong, Snake side looks like it could be strong, and then again, that middle, tons to do in there. So, now that being said, Todd, talking about people with things to prove this year, I mean, there's a lot of players out there with something to prove. A lot of guys playing with chips on their shoulders right now. And it, when you're looking at the league, who do you think made the best off-season moves to strengthen their team? Well, I think the team that strengthened their team the most has to be the Ironmen. Because the Ironmen really made a concerted effort to go out, get a new coach, uh, get a whole bunch of really good top-tier players, and really kind of restructure the whole culture of their team. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not That's saying that, that um, you know, Kevin Brethauer didn't have a good, strong culture and got what he expected out of his players, but when you bring in a force like Mike Hinman, you know, he's just really commanding as a coach, and he really sets high expectations, and, you know, it's a no-nonsense attitude. So I think with the players that they brought in and Alex Goldman, Marcelo Margot, um, the sleeper is going to be Corey Bornstein. I'm telling you that right now. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. That kid can ball. No, he can, Corey can definitely ball. But that's the kind of the cool thing about, like, I think that that was the interesting point that you, or one of the interesting points you made. The culture on the Ironman has very much changed. You have Mike Hinman. He is a very aggressive coach. He's got a dominant personality. Now, that being said, he's also grown up a lot in the sport. So he's coached a lot of teams. He's seen what, what's worked for him and what hasn't worked for him. He's, he's already worked with these guys before. And I think that, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, Mike's, you know, he's too intense. He yells at the guys too much. He, you know, he's, he's too intense and he gets inside guys' heads. But think about it. These guys came to the Ironman, no, you know, Steve, the Steven Pitts, Alex Goldman, Marcelo Margot. You know, these guys, they came back to work with Mike and to try to take the Ironman to another championship. It's been three and a half years since the Ironman have won a tournament. Three and a half years. The Ironman is it's one of the most, if not the most legendary name in the game, other than, say, Dynasty, but Ironman go way back. You know, this yeah. is a team that's been around for 20 years. So it's one of those situations where, 
man, they, they really need to start getting wins on the column again. They need to be contending for that title. And you can see that the, you know, the leadership of that team made really big moves. They went after the number one American player. He would have potentially been the number one player in the world, but Alexander Burnikoff stole that crown from Marcelo Margot, even though they played on the same team. But Marcelo kind of got a bum shake at the World Cup. So you want to talk about guys playing with a chip on their shoulder right now. Marcelo's got a lot on his shoulders. You know, he's a guy who was the number one guy all year long last year, and then at the very last event, kind of got taken out of position in, in what I feel is a coaching error, because how do you take the number one guy who's been destroying people out of his position to have him play farther back? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But it happened. You got to, you know, you got to roll with the punches. And then he makes the move, maybe potentially because of that, who knows, comes over to the Ironman in a really big, huge move brings Alex Goldman and talk about somebody that really needs to step it up and has a lot to prove. Alex Goldman's got a lot to prove. Yeah, well, Alex Goldman has essentially been waiting about a year, you know, maybe a little bit longer to really show everybody that he can play like Alex Goldman is capable of playing. So when you put those two guys on the field together, though, and they're playing at the top of their game, you know, then they're going to be a really tough team to beat. You know, and then when you add guys like Stephen Pitts, Corey Bornstein, and, of course, Mike Paxson. Who Alex is just, Rodriguez, too. Alex Rodriguez played good last year, you know. Number eight guy in his rookie year. I mean, that's ridiculous. How does that happen, you know? So, yeah, and then Mike Paxson. I mean, Mike is so good at, at shooting people off the break. Now, looking at a field like this, though, but Mike is, you know, he's a big guy, but he still has good yeah. timing. Yeah, he's got great timing. And yeah. he's, he's a lot more agile than people probably give, give him credit, give him credit for. credit for. I agree with that. You know, yeah. like uh, I thought I was reading Robbie Goldsmith's uh, – uh, Coach's choice. Coach's choice. Yeah. And he's like, Mike Paxson is old and overweight and slow. But, I mean, Mike Paxson gets the job done, you know? Well, he, he's one of those guys that gives hope to everybody because it's like, look, man, Mike Paxton, Chris Hooker, Dave Baines, those are guys that prove that big men can play the game. You don't have to be five foot nothing, 100 nothing, and run a 4040 to play professional paintball. You know, you can be 240 six foot yoked and like yeah. or six foot you know rotund and still be able to handle your business out there and be a huge contributor and not only just a contributor one of the best players in the game all right so let's show the ironman conversation real quick because okay. we could talk for an hour just on that team alone because they do have a lot to prove completely revamp their roster they're definitely one of the favorites but you know who knows all right let's talk about you know what about damage what do you think about tampa bay damage okay they took second at the world cup for damage, I think that this is going to be a year with a lot for them to prove because of all the things that happened in the offseason with, number one, regards to their coach mm -hmm. and how they kind of seemed to fall apart internally. They really played well in World Cup. You know, they still made the finals. They were still playing really well. Mm -hmm. But you could tell that there was some internal tension there a few tournaments back, yeah. you know, and kind of disagreement. When you have that internal dissension, it kind of makes it a little bit harder to play at the highest level. And you also had hired guns on that team like Jay Rab, Dave Baines, um, you know, who, who guys you bring on the team because they're stars and you want to give them playing time and you want them to produce for you. But now they're going to be able to go back pretty much to the team that they had originally. Mm -hmm. You know, a team that's all locals, guys that are based out of, uh, you know, that, that mid-Florida area, mid right around Florida Tampa area. Bay. Yeah, mm -hmm. You know, so that this is really more of the team that they had um, probably, I would say, like a couple years ago mm -hmm. or, or two, three years ago. You know, when it was more when Tampa Bay Damage first came into the league. But that's when they were, that's really when they started winning tournaments. And I think it's interesting, too, they got Brian Smith. Now, a lot of people that might have just kind of found paintball may not know who Brian Smith is. But when Tampa Bay Damage was on their rise to stardom and they started to come up and win events, a lot of the reason why they were able to do that is because of a guy named Brian Smith 
wrecking people on the snake side of the field, wrecking yeah. people over there. Yeah, they called him Agent Smith because he was just so cool, calm, and collected. Matty, I mean, over all the years that we've been in paintball, I mean, we've only seen a few guys that were that cool on the field, yeah. you know, just like take everything as it goes, you know, never really got super hyped or super excited, just went out there, did his job, was really fluid. And, you know, losing guys like Jay Rab and Dave Baines, it doesn't really hurt them because they get a guy like Brian Smith back yeah. who is just as good or better uh, of a player to add to your roster. Well, and you're going to need a very heads-up, creative one on the snake side, that front player, first guy to go. That's why we call him the one. He's the first guy to go. You need somebody that is going to be able to think while he's in this bunker because this, even though it is going to potentially be a gunfight-heavy spot, it's it's a pretty big, there's a lot to do there. You know, it's not like a simple ladder snake, you know, where it's literally just put a guy in and go, put a guy in and go. It's not that way. So, you know, who knows? Like, talk about guys with things to prove. You know, Brian Smith, is he going to be the player that he was after taking, you know, all the time off that he did? I, I don't know. I've heard rumors that he's playing very well in practice. So we will see. And, and then, you know, with damage, they lost Dave Baines, who they also acknowledge, like, okay, that was a hit. We'll take that one. That, that We're not going to say Dave's not... An amazing player, but then they can just run Jason Edwards over and over and over again. I mean, talk about a beast, beastly specimen. Jason Edwards, who was our paintball access uh, uh, people's choice MVP award winner, and also it looks like he could potentially win the coach's choice award as well for MVP. So, you know, a, a Tampa Bay damage still looks very strong. They got Smith coming back. You know, they can put Edwards, just play him nonstop. And, uh, and, th and then also they got Kevin Brettauer as their coach. I think he's going to jive well with them. I think that's going to work out. We'll see. But, you know, Tampa Bay damage, they, uh, and they, then they got Rainey too. So they got Rainey Stanzik. So they get SK and Rainey to come over to coach. And then also Rainey plays that three great too. So damage looks great. Uh, and we got a little bit more. We got a lot more of uh, the ins and outs behind the scenes coming at you after these messages. Do not go anywhere.
Todd Martinez, a fine, upstanding citizen of the paintball community since 1995. Todd Martinez has worked diligently to create Raza Paintball, a brand that you can trust to outfit you and your team with quality paintball equipment. Know that Todd Martinez is for the people, and Raza has a jersey for every type of player. Todd understands the importance of education and paintball, which is why Raza designed the FCR jersey specifically for the National Collegiate Paintball Association. Todd believes that we can work together and lower your team's annual spending with awesome team packages. Create your own custom products. Enjoy playing paintball while looking amazing. Choose Raza Paintball in 2013 and make life better for your team. I am Todd Martinez and I approve this message. There are massive opportunities, both for the sport of paintball and for your business. If we are successful in taking our sport to another level, unite with Paintball Access in our quest to elevate paintball and broadcast it to the world. There are advertising packages available for any size business. Join us. Advertise with PBA and help us change the sport for the better forever. back here on the breakdown now Todd let's let's jump in and talk about Houston Heat our world champions such an amazing story three wins last year in their very first year as a team now the team is filled with superstars filled with veterans they do have a lot of role players that are mixed in there though so yeah they have the three Russians that they brought over they got Sergey they got Konstantin Fedorov and they got Mishka dominant performances by every single one of those those players in 2012 but Break down some of the lesser-known guys that everyone should know by now, but that's the thing about Heat. They didn't change the roster at all. So, you know, and I talked to Randy Smith, the owner, and he was like, hey, man, if it ain't broke, what do you think? Well, the first thing, first of all, the hardest thing to do is to repeat, okay? So, I mean, to have put a first year together like that, um, to, to be able to come back out and play at that same high level again all year, they're going to have to show. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. Um, and the thing, the next thing is, is, did those other role players get any better over the offseason? Mm -hmm. We saw how Coach Jason Trozen played Monville, Chad George, and the three Russians. Woodley, too. Pretty much the whole, yeah. you know, the majority of the points. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think the three Russians ever really came off the field. Yeah. So the question is, if those guys can't play at that high level all year, are they going to be able to get the support that they need that they did get from a guy like John Woodley last year, Ronnie Dizon um, sporadically? You know, is the Ryan Smiths, the Nick Slowiaks, um, the Chad Boucher's, you know, are John those, Woodley's, you know, are those guys, did they really take this off season to learn or to use what they learned over a very successful season and make themselves better as players so that when they did get the opportunities to contribute this year, that they can keep the team playing at that high level overall. Yeah, it, it's, we'll see. But those guys did play at a high level, I feel, in 2012, especially the John Woodleys, the Sam Monvilles. Nick Sloviak had some, you know, he had a couple good events too. But that was, I think, Heat's strength, is that they had this really solid, amazing core of guys that they, because they play starting five paintball. So best five play, and if you're tired, all right, we're going to send some, or you suck, then somebody else is going to go in. But pretty much, they're going to run those five until the wheels fall off because they're just having, you know, because they had such a great year last year. But their ability to have the Monville step up. I mean, Monville won them their very first event. 
the, that event that kind of catalyzed that team and, and really coalesced what, what they had brought in as far as talent and potential and made that happen. And that was San Monville playing in that point when he got the, the, our eventual top gun winner, you know, Alexander Burnikoff coming right at him, ends up owning him in a gunfight. And then him and John Woodley pull off that win. You know, I mean, that's, you got Sam Monville and John Woodley out there. There's no, there, no Russians were out there for that one. There, you didn't have any of their stars, and that's who catapulted them into that W. So, wow, Houston Heat, man, they, they really could be, obviously they're going to be a force, but are they going to win three events? I, I don't know. You know, I mean, there's, the field is so strong this year. I mean, who knows? That's why we shoot the paintballs at each other. But there's a lot of teams that look really strong. Another team, I think, that looks really strong that took third place at, uh, at last year's World Cup was X-Factor. What do you think about X-Factor? I mean, they picked up Paul Richards as the coach. I, they could give it a shot this year. Well, I think that last year, X-Factor showed that they were really committed to being a top team again. And I think that this year, it's really going to show a lot more. Being that they picked up Zach Wake, they picked up Scott Kemp, um, and I, they picked, I think they picked up a couple more guys. Well, they got Dimitri from Texas Storm. Okay, Dimitri, that's the one I couldn't think of. But, mm -hmm. I mean... Alex Martinez has laid out a brand-new field for them, X-Factor Paintball Park, turf, brand-new bunkers. They're bringing in uh, lots of players to keep everybody competitive. Um, you know, they're constantly fighting. And, you know, bringing in a guy like uh, Scott Kemp, you know, is going to be healthy for the team well, and in Scott, many ways. And, well, and, and with Scotty, I mean, talk about somebody with something to prove. He didn't have a great year last year, and the Ironman ended up being, you know, getting, getting he was going to be the 11th guy or the 10th or 11th guy heading into World Cup. So he was like, he felt like he got a raw deal. So he quit, went to Infamous, played with you guys, saw limited action. But the thing is, is that Scotty knows where he's at. Scotty's dropping weight for this year. I mean, he's, he's going from 180 yoked down to 170 yoked, you know. So he's, he's dropping weight because he knows he's going to be as fastest because he's going to have to play the one. That's where they want him to play. The best paintball I've ever seen Scott Kemp play was when I was playing with him on Excessive, and he was playing the one. So I know, we know that he can do that. Does he still have the drive? You know, does he have that intensity? We'll find out. But, you know, I think that that's, that's what's so amazing about this first event is that, you know, across the board and as, we go, as we're going through these teams, so much to prove. And, not, and it couldn't be more important this year because with the new champions and challengers format, we're going to essentially, we're having a, a 20 pro team. There's going to be 20 pro teams, but there's going to be two pro brackets. So you're going to have the champions bracket, which is going to have 10 teams in it. And then you're going to have the challenger bracket that's going to have 10 teams in it. We have 15 teams, pro teams, starting out at this first event. The bottom five of those are going to be dropping down to create this new challenger bracket to bring, uh, and there's going to be five other challenger teams coming in. So, and, and, then the, and then to top it all off, to make it even more dramatic, is that now every single event, the bottom two champion teams, they're going to drop down and become challenger teams, and the top two challenger teams come up to go into that champion bracket, and that's going to happen every single event. And why is that exciting? Well, it doesn't get more important than that. Every single game's important, and then also it's going to, that Challengers League is going to be hyper-competitive because if you fight your way through that and you win or take second place, then you're going to be going on to play in the champions division. But, you know, there's, basically you can't hide anymore. You just can't hide. We, we have the statistics now. Everyone's sitting up there, they're categorizing all the kills, every point that you play, how well you did, and you can't just get a free ride. You know, I mean, if you want to be one of the best teams in the entire planet, then you've got to fight for it. And that's what's going to happen at this first event, which is, you know, why I'm so stoked on it. Now, who else do you think is, is going to be in the mix? Well, you always got to talk about the Russians, okay? Their mm -hmm. name has to come up because they've been 
one of the most competitive teams consistently in paintball for a really long time. And this is going to be the first year where they don't, where they, well, they, they didn't have Fedorov, Sergei, Mishka last year, but they still had Beardnikov, um, they still had Kirill, you know, but I think the losses of Marcelo Margot and Axel Godin, they're basically their ones on both sides of the field, yeah. is going to be kind of tough. And are they going to be able to fill those spots uh, with Michael Kovar, who had an awesome year last year um, for X Factor, or um, the other person that they had just picked up? Yeah, I, it's, it's tough, though, because it's like, okay, well, you lose, you lose Margot and you lose Axel. And I felt Axel had a few flaws, obviously, in 2012. He gets a little bit too intense sometimes and kind of loses his head a little bit, which causes his level of play to step down a little bit. So, But he's young, man. I think Axel's like 21 or 22 20, years old. Yeah, 20, like he's a really young guy. And, and for him to come into the league and do what he did last year was very impressive. Now they got Michael Kovar, who had a pretty good season for X Factor. Um, a little hot or cold, played, played good in some points in some games. And so I, I, you know, I don't know, but now, and, and but he's basic. He's moved to Europe. He's living in Belgium now. I mean, he's playing for a team over in the Millennium Circuit as well. Plays for the Russians. So that's a really big move for him. He's such a good guy, such a hard worker. I think that he really could be a competitor for them. But they do lose Margot off that Dorito side. So I, I don't know if they're gonna have still have. I mean, obviously they have the best player in paintball right now, according to the statistics in Bernikov. So I, I, I don't know. Again, they, they that's always, why we play the games, man. That's they, why we play the games. But they always find a way they do always to find be a way. super competitive. Because we said, about the, we said this about them last year. At the beginning of the year. Yeah, because Marcelo, Marcelo came out and he blew his knee out in 2011. And then 2012 just stunts on everyone and has a great year. But no one, I'm going to say that no one saw that coming. Obviously, some people did. But that Marcelo earned that. You know, that was really hard for him. And then we didn't even know. They picked up Axel off the Tauntauns. And now he's going back. The Tauntauns are coming in. That's an intangible as well. You know, you got teams like Vicious who are reboot, or, or not rebooting, but they're bringing back the same roster, and they looked pretty good at certain events. Like they went three at one at the World Cup, so or three and one at the World Cup. I mean, there's a lot of talent out there. Um, and then, you know, we can't forget about Impact and Dynasty. My God, I mean, Impact, they just built a rock star paintball team with just heavy hitters. Like every single guy on that list is a heavy hitter. Yeah, well, you talk about expectations. I mean, that team already had a roster of solid players. And when we talked about them in the breakdown before World Cup, like we said, we expected them to be a little slow transitioning back into the game. But I don't think it would be that slow. But though. by that third and fourth game, once they had already, uh, you know, got reacclimated um, to the game, I mean, we saw the impact that was capable of playing with Ryan Moorhead, yeah. um, the Yakimek brothers, uh, Tim Montressor, Tim Mo yeah. um, Josh Wamet, and now to be Justin Cornell. And Justin Cornell, obviously, East you know. The snake. And then to now go and add a Greg Sewers, Dave Baines. And Justin Rabikoff. And Justin Rabikoff. I mean, the expectations for that team are Sky easily high. as high as they were for Houston Heat at the beginning of last year. Okay, here's everything you need to be. Bart, Bart Yakimek says, here's everything you guys need. Here's the best players. Here's awesome gear. Here's everything taken care of. Now go win. You know, when I was on Avalanche back in the day, Ed Poorman was like that. You know, he was one of those guys that was like, here is everything absolutely that you need. Now you just have to go win. And it was very comforting, but it was uh, the level of expectation was so high all the time. But with guys uh, like that, Dave Baines, Justin Rabikoff, Justin Cornell, um, just giving those guys that opportunity, you know, and that confidence that the owner puts in you to go out there and just do your job, it makes those guys play better. And Justin Rabikoff is one of those guys that last year on damage, everybody was like, oh, why isn't Justin playing like Justin can, mm -hmm. you know? And he, he always said it was for different reasons than 
um, kind of what the team was saying, it seemed like to me. So this is his year to be like, okay, you know, now I'm on this team. I'm going to show you how I can play. I'm going to show you that, you know, I, am, I deserve to be player of the year uh, a couple years prior to that. Well, and the thing is, is we've been talking, I think one of the themes of the show is guys with something to prove. I mean, that's, you can almost have that be the title for the year, something to prove. Because he came out, stomped everyone out last year, except for a few bright, shining stars, like Damage did win an event and Infamous won an event. But other than that, it was pretty much Houston Heat. And there was, you know, there was more stories there, but wow, such an amazing performance by them. So there are so many guys, personally, as a team, have so much to prove. And talk about a team that has a lot to prove and has players with a lot to prove, San Diego Dynasty. Yeah, San Diego Dynasty, you know, making some big moves, changing sponsors in the offseason. Um, picking up Brandon Short and Kyle Spicka from the Ironmen, um, you know, and I think they're going to be able to finally get Glenn Takamoto back more consistently, you know, who we didn't really get to talk about much, it seemed like, last year. But, I mean, Glenn Takamoto, I still believe, is one of the, you know, top players in the league. And, oh, Glenn's been you know, amazing for 10 years. Started a new job last year, and I think that kind of hurt um, him, you know, being able to be there consistently. But I think that that's going to work out for him this year, and that's going to be good for Dynasty. And, um you know, having played on Dynasty before, I really feel like the year that they had last year um, should drive those guys to play a lot more to their potential. You know, because it, it, it kind of, it sucks to say it, but, you know, that's kind of the way that it was. You know, it was like, okay, do really well, get motivated, you know, not be as motivated, don't do so well. You know, so yeah. this may be that up year for them. Well, yeah, that's true. And uh, I think that Brandon Short and Kyle Spick are good pickups for them. Um, Kyle Spicka. He's got a lot of upside. I, I really like how that guy plays. He's got a great attitude about things. His Achilles heel, we say it all the time, is his own mind. You know, when he gets in there and overthinks his moves, but if he just gets in there and plays that stream of consciousness paintball, the when I feel it and see it, I'm going to make my move and not really care too much if I get shot. And if you get shot, cool, learn from it, but not overthink his moves. Kyle Spick is amazing out there. But... And I think, and they need a one. That was the big problem with, is that they had Alex Golden playing the one for them. They had Sean McDonald playing the one for them. They had, they had Zach Wake playing the one. They, they didn't really have a consistent one. And those are all great players, but no one was finding their groove. And then you had Alex Frazier just running into guns, like trying to make something happen, playing pretty good counterpunch paintball, not really able to do it um, consistently all year long, even though Alex had a pretty, he had a pretty, pretty good beginning of the season playing counterpunch. Ryan Greenspan had a great season last year. Rio Shrao had a pretty good season. And then also Oliver Lang. I mean, Oliver Lang, arguably the best player ever to pick up a paintball gun. You know, I think he was ranked 32nd in the stats last year. You know, on what universe is that okay? In what universe is it where Oliver Lang is the 32nd best paintball player on planet Earth? Like, that's, if I was Oliver, I, I would, and I know he'd probably say, oh, I don't care about the stats. It's like, dude, secretly deep down inside, you still want to run this, you know? So, yeah. you know, and then we got, so, yeah, Dynasty, there's just so many teams that legitimately have a chance to win events. And then throw in teams like 187 and Thunder, who've made, uh, you know, they've made a couple different roster changes. And 187, you know, I actually talked to Nick Laval, who, man, talk about people earning respect in 2012. Nick Laval really stepped up, and, and uh, he, he was, you know, he, he, had a, he almost won the Rookie of the Year. It was Jason Wheeler that ended up taking it, but... Um, but Nick Laval has issued a challenge, actually, to Alex Goldman because he heard about Alex's bet. Alex basically bet any other pro player in the, in the league a gun that he's going to finish higher than you. So any pro player out there that wants to take Alex Goldman up on his bet, he's got a gun for you that, uh, that to put on the line. And But Nick wants to take the bet against Alex Goldman saying that because here's what's going to happen 187. This is a little bit of news. 
They're taking Max Trailer from the Dorito side and Zaleski, and they're switching them. Trailer's going to play the Snake this year in 2013. Zaleski is going to be playing on the Dorito side. And not only that, Nickelval's calling Alex Goldman out. Talked to him day on the phone. He's like, hey, can you get in touch with Alex Goldman for me? And I was like, what's up? He's like, tell Alex Goldman that I'm going to bet a gun uh, that Max Trailer is going to be ranked higher than him on the stats for 2013. So nice. that's going to close it out for the breakdown. We're going to leave it out there. So, hey, Mouse, get in touch with Nick Laval. He's got a gun to put aside, and it's going to be you versus Max Trailer to see who's going to be ranked higher on the stats. So well, thank you guys for tuning in. Man, it's going to be crazy. Hey, we have paintballaccess.com. We're going to have... Lots of stuff coming at you all year long. We're getting incredibly in-depth. We're going to have tons of divisional coverage as well. We're going to have just a lots of content, you know, basically giving you all the information that you need to understand the ins and outs of paintball at every single level. So thank you guys for tuning in to the breakdown. We also got some special stuff coming at you that we can't talk about yet, but it's going to be a crazy 2013. And please mark your calendars. Tell everybody you know. Let's get the world to turn out and watch. The PSP's first event coming at you from Dallas, brought to you by paintballaccess.com. It's going to be live and free March 14th through the 17th. Do not miss it. Thank you guys for tuning in again. I'm Maddie Marshall with Todd Martinez, and we will see you guys next time. Todd Martinez, a fine, upstanding citizen of the paintball community since 1995. Todd Martinez has worked diligently to create Raza Paintball, a brand that you can trust to outfit you and your team with quality paintball equipment. Know that Todd Martinez is for the people, and Raza has a jersey for every type of player. Todd understands the importance of education and paintball, which is why Raza designed the FCR jersey specifically for the National Collegiate Paintball Association. Todd believes that we can work together and lower your team's annual spending with awesome team packages. 
Create your own custom products. Enjoy playing paintball while looking amazing. Choose Raza Paintball in 2013 and make life better for your team. I am Todd Martinez, and I approve this message. There are massive opportunities, both for the sport of paintball and for your business. If we are successful in taking our sport to another level, unite with Paintball Access in our quest to elevate paintball and broadcast it to the world. There are advertising packages available for any size business. Join us. Advertise with PBA and help us change the sport for the better forever.